I forgot where we were. Uh, we're about to record episode 22. 22, yes. 22. Are you ready to start? Are you prepared? Are you ready? Yep. All right, intro us then. Hello and welcome to Fuck Me Dead, the podcast that brings you the stories from Australia and his buddies that just make you say, fuck me dead. <sighs> say our names. <laughs> What's your name? CJ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, I'm Amanda. <laughs> and uh, this is a thing we do every week. Yep. Professional intro, I know. Mm. 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 <laughs> you know, we do this weekly, right? Yeah. And we're only up to episode 22. Yes. And we started... Last year. Late last year. Yes. Which means we're not even 22 weeks into this year. And it's really horrible. <laughs> I technically got a pay rise of 30 bucks a year, a fortnight, so Woo! it's not all doom and gloom. <laughs> no, but I mean, if you seriously think about all of the things that have happened so far this year, it's hard to believe that we're not even halfway through. I still feel like we just moved into this place, but also we've lived here a long time as well. Four months. Let's That's not fine. get crazy. That's not a long time. It's pretty long <laughs> for my standards of about a year usually. So <laughs> I don't want to move again in a year. <laughs> Most places I've lived in, I've only lived in them for a year. I'd like to stay here for a while, please. I don't really feel like moving. I moved every year from 99 until 2005, I think. Historically, I've moved around a lot also, but I'd like to just not. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. like this place. I don't think that there's really a reason to. Unless the rent gets stupid. I would be surprised if there would be a rental increase this year. True. With the state of the world and people not having money or jobs or kind of silly to put people through that, I think. Anyway, how are you? How's your week been? Well, I ask as if I wasn't here the entire time. Mm. <laughs> been another week in quarantine. The PlayStation still works, which is nice. Turned that on for the first time since forever after I dropped it off the back of the truck while moving. Yep. Assuming it was dead forever. But it is not. Seems it's fine. And then the game I was excited for, I found out it doesn't come out next month, it's the month after. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. Likely going to be back at work, I guess. So Maybe. I Maybe. am going back to work for the first time in three weeks since March. Yeah, March. I think March 20 was the last day I went to work. Yeah. If you could call that day work, I turned up, had a quick interview meeting and then i went home it was also your birthday so hmm. <laughs> yeah i guess for me it's just another week in quarantine nothing really happened no no like literally nothing happened yeah i'm struggling to find anything to talk about what did we do we got takeaway from fortress that was about it yep wow exciting exciting times should we just get on I mean, I I fear, I fear that this episode is going to be really short. Well, we gave them a long one last week, our longest episode ever. Ever, yeah. So far. Um, I don't know what happened last Although, week. One of the quickest episodes I've ever had to edit. Weird. It was. Maybe it's because we didn't cut anything out. <laughs> I cut so much out of it. Oh, really? Like, there was like 15 minutes of cut audio. It was an hour and 40 of raw footage, and we only got 80 minutes out of it. Raw footage. Raw yeah, audio. last week was a shit show. I I don't know what happened. We just kept crapping on and going off on tangents and talking about things that had nothing to do with anything. And I cut out so many others. <laughs> so just be grateful that you didn't get the entire audio coming so far along. <laughs> yeah, there was some weird shit in there. 
anyway, I guess we should. Um, I have to, yeah, I think that this episode is going to be kind of short. My stories this week aren't very long. I kind of tried to find stories that weren't murder since I've done murder for a few weeks in a row. You do like your murder. Um, I wouldn't say I like my murder, but they're interesting stories. But I, I tried to veer away from that this week just to give us all a break from the, the murder. Okay, well, um, shall we just crack into it? Yes. Do you want to go first or shall no. I? Oh, no. Okay, so I'm going first yes. is what you're saying to me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I didn't pull up my notes before we started. Or you just wanted me to go first. <laughs> no. Okay, so like I said, all my stories are pretty short today, so don't expect any um, lengthy, you know, the stuff I normally do. This is all pretty quick, pretty funny, mostly. Are you ready? I'm ready. You ready? Okay, my first story. I found a st- all of these stories, all three stories I'm going to do today are from like this week. Okay. So this is all very recent material, which is surprising because I don't think that's happened to me in a while. So over the past week, we had the Sydney version of Night at the Museum, except the dinosaurs didn't come to life, obviously. Well, that's shit. Yeah. Well, what uh, did come to life? Well, nothing came to life. Oh, but police are currently looking for a man who broke into a Sydney museum, who took his own tour of the place, did some weird things with the dinosaurs, and then stole a hat. What did he do to the dinosaurs? Now, I have to admit that Whose headline... Whose did he sell? Steal. <laughs> That headline made me think that, like, he must have done something really fucking weird with the dinosaurs, but it wasn't that weird. I'll, I'll be honest. It's overselling it a bit. Maybe it says more about me than anything else, but I'm immediately thinking sex things. I thought that too. That's not what happened. <laughs> Does he want to be the first man in history to technically have fucked a dinosaur? I'm sure that's probably already happened. Archaeologists lick dinosaurs a lot. Okay, let's just move on. <laughs> it, it's, apparently it's one of the better ways to tell if you're looking at a bone or a rock. Because if you lick it, I think a bone... You know when you go and get Chinese food and you get those great little prawn crackers? Yes. And they stick to your tongue? Yes. Apparently licking an old bone will do that as well, I think. Wouldn't that be like damaging the bone? Technically, I suppose. That doesn't seem like a good test to me. <laughs> I'm sure it's some old timey thing they don't do anymore, but... Anyway. Knows? If you're an archaeologist, let, let us know. know. <laughs> Um, just after 1am last Sunday, a man broke into the Australia Museum in Sydney CBD and was on the premises for approximately 40 minutes. Now, is that the one on the King's Cross side of Hyde Park? I think so, yes. Mm. I think that's the one that I went to with the spider the, milking. I was about to say the dinosaur milking. <laughs> um, that's a whole other thing. Was it the Australia Museum, was it? The Australia Museum. I'm pretty sure it's like on the corner of Oxford Street and King. Yeah, it is the one I'm thinking about. Um, it is College Street and William Street. Close enough. <laughs> you can't not, see it, but I'm not. shaking my head. It's not. <laughs> it is close to one of Sydney's only Starbucks, though. I, yeah. Don't go there. Go around the corner. I was going to say, like. There's a place called Pablo and Rosti's. They'll do a better coffee. Or you go to this place called the Walrus Cafe. Oh, my God. Okay, I feel like we're already getting off track here. It's called the Walrus Cafe. What more do you want? Don't get confused. <laughs> Next time I'm in Sydney, I might go to the Walrus Cafe. Okay. CCTV has captured the man going through the museum, having a good look at the exhibits, making phone calls to his friends, going through cupboards, and even took a selfie with his head inside a dinosaur skull. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't museums offer that as an attraction? Because you might damage it. Have it as an optical illusion kind of thing you can do where the dinosaur is set up so it looks like your head's in it, but it isn't really. 
Well, this guy actually did it. How did he get in? I don't know. I, I, I don't have that information. I would have thought they would have alarms and like possibly security guards. I there thought. was ben, ben Stiller? Was he in that movie? Yes, he was in that movie. <laughs> he played the monkey. Oh, right? his dad died recently. Oh. Did you see that? No. Oh. I don't know if you're a Seinfeld fan or not. I feel like that's probably what he's best known for. You know who his dad is, right? No. Uh, what about Zoolander? Yep. He's like the agent. Oh, he plays the short, angry man's father in Seinfeld. I just said I think that's what he's best well known for is Seinfeld. <laughs> I know, but I wasn't sure. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's Ben Stiller's dad. Hmm. Um, and he died this week or last week? Anyway, sorry. That's a downer. Tangent number two. Sorry? Tangent number two. Already, we're 13 minutes into the recording. <laughs> I'm sorry, tangent number three. There's a coffee place in Sydney now that's in an ex-police station. It's called Clink. Oh, my God. What a great name. <laughs> okay, so oh, before... We're never getting to the end of the story. I mean, not much happens. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> before leaving, the man removed a brown cowboy hat from a stand, which is believed to not be an artifact or anything, but one of the staff's possessions that was left there. <laughs> and then he left. With the cowboy hat. I feel bad for that staff member. Same. Part of me kind of wishes it was an exhibition. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's basically it. He just decided to have a, a private tour of the Australian Museum in Sydney and didn't seem to get stopped at any point. He didn't seem to have any trouble getting in or out, which I find alarming. I mean, apart from stealing the hat, I'm okay with it. I mean, I'm not. He could have done anything. But he didn't. Yeah, but like, it should be. Yeah. Like, don't I'm not saying <laughs> but go it should be more secure. But yeah, I'm just gonna finish saying that if you know someone who has a selfie with his head inside a dinosaur skull, maybe give Crime Stoppers a call. <laughs> Cause police are looking for him. But things we should be stopping. Okay. And thankfully have. Calls reopen Uluru Climb to kickstart Northern Territory tourism hit by coronavirus. Emma Haskin. Hang the on. New Daily. Wait, wait, wait. Isn't it closed for the climb? Last October, which I'm sure we all agree seems like a very, very long time ago, Uluru, or Ayers Rock, as I... No, never call it that. That is its wrong name. It is its wrong name. I'm mentioning it because I feel people outside of Australia probably still know it better as Ayers Rock, unfortunately. Oh, that's bad. Um, It is Uluru. That is the traditional and original name, which I'll refer to it as henceforth in this video. Okay, thank you. Just thought I'd pass it on. Yeah, so they finally closed the climb for that after years of the... Forgive me if I pronounce this wrong here... Arn Ungu, Arn, Arn, if I was to pronounce it in English, I'd say an Angu, but they had a thing and it's Arn Ungu, people's, Ananu. Look, I believe you, whatever Arn pronunciation Ungu. you go with. Arn Ungu, I'd, I'm so sorry. There's actually two different groups of people who form the Arn Ungu peoples. Okay. In hindsight, I feel like I would have had a better chance pronouncing both of the other names. Too late now. <laughs> But yeah, it was closed last October. I remember it was a very big deal because, well, it had been open for so long and like we're damaging the rock doing it. You could see the path and of people Pauline used to Hansen walk up. fell down it. Did she fall down it? I thought she just got stuck up it. Oh, did she? I knew something happened with her because she's a dumb cunt. She didn't make it all the way to the top <laughs> and then she got stuck. It's people like her that's like, no, keep it open, but then get stuck up there. And then don't even go all the time anyway? Yeah. Like, this is, um, I don't really know how to explain what the issue is with climbing it without sounding really, like, ignorant. But basically, as far as I understand it, which is probably not completely accurate either, is that to Indigenous Australians, it has a pretty 
big spiritual yeah. significance. Would, and basically us damaging it all the time is hurting It, it would be like me going to America, going to New York City, going up the Eiffel Tower, sorry, <laughs> Statue of Liberty, and then climbing out the window and putting my bed dick on the face of the Liberty Statue. Well, I mean, that's rude. It is. I think it's kind of like something that as a white person, I can't really understand their connection to the land. On the other hand, I'm it's still very, happy to not climb a rock that's important to them. Yeah, it's a very sacred place. It would be like maybe a more less extreme example would be, say, if I went and painted a church or something like that, you know? It's, mm. Yeah, it's, you know, I, I think it's like it doesn't hurt anyone to not climb the rock. So why don't we just what I don't not do that? Is It's an impressive thing to look at from the pictures I've seen. Right. I and I'm sure it's more impressive when you're standing there in person looking at it. Yeah. Why do you need to climb it? Yeah, it's because when you climb it, you can't see it. You know what you're looking at, the surrounding landscape. And you know what that's going to be? Just flat red dirt <laughs> to the horizon. Because that's the middle True. of Australia. True. Surely it's more interesting to stand at the base of the rock and look at it and go, wow. Well, I'm pretty sure they're still doing tours at the base of the rock, right? Yeah, go into that. Okay. They're sorry. doing a lot more, actually. I really derailed it, but I kind of wanted to try and give it some context for international yes. listeners. Yeah. So here we are, less than eight months later, and a business lobby group is demanding the climb be reopened to kickstart the Northern Territory's tourism industry. Okay, no one's traveling right now. Dave Battock, chairman of the Alice Springs Major Business Group, and general manager of the Alice Springs Airport. Now, I will say Alice Springs is a five-hour drive from Uluru. Okay. But you know what's only a ten-minute drive from Uluru? What? Ayers Rock Airport. Is it still called that? It is. Oh, I don't... Oh, okay. And I looked at the runways. The one at Ayers Rock is actually longer than the one at Alice Springs. So I don't see... Now, the terminal at Alice Springs is better. So maybe more planes do go there and then the smaller ones fly over. That's why I'm a little bit perplexed why he wants it, but I'm assuming a majority of the people who go to visit Uluru must fly in via Alice Springs. Okay. Because it's more of a hub there than the Ayers Rock Airport. And yes, it is still called Ayers Rock Airport. That's weird that they didn't change that. Sorry, I really derailed that. That's okay. Dave Baddock, quote, We're competing against every other state and territory in Australia for the tourism dollar. So he wants it to be reopened for, he's saying, only two or three years. What difference does that make? In a partnership deal with the Arangu people, uh, claiming it'll be a windfall for tourism, uh, to which my response is that, you know, we've all seen this movie or read that little bit in history. It's never only two or three years. They'll find ways to keep it that open. That sort of seems like a really weird logic to me, like reopen it, but only for two or three years. Yeah, and then <laughs> Like, what, why? And they're calling it a grand reopening. It hasn't even been shut down that long. It only closed eight months ago. I find it really weird. Like, is this a recent article? Because I'm like... It's weird to be talking about this right now when is, yeah. tourism is probably the hardest hit. No one's traveling. We're not even allowed to travel interstate right now. It's listening up. And in the Northern Territory, they've had, I think it's Northern Territory, WA and South Australia, because they have such low cases, they're sort of trying to break off and reopen themselves. Yeah, but like most of the tourism would come from the East yeah, Coast. The yeah. Uh, also, Uluru, well, this impressive landmark that, yes, a lot of people know, the Northern Territory has a lot of other stuff you can go and look at. It's not just Uluru. You got Kakadu. I think the Olgas are out there. There's a lot of other really impressive sites. Surely they've got other things they can point at beyond come and climb a sacred rock that's really offensive to do. Yeah. I honestly don't think, well, I feel for most people, I don't think the inability to climb the rock would inhibit you from going. 
No, I'd like to go see it. I'd like to go one day. It's really expensive to go, though, so. Probably won't be in a few months, though. (laughs) But, like, I would like to go one day. I've never been there, but. I I think it'll be very similar to when I first saw Mount Fuji. You know, you hear about it all the time. You see pictures and you're like, okay, okay, I kind of get it. It's a big mountain, whatever. And then you see it in person and it's really different. Yeah. Suddenly, it's just like, ah, all that poetry and art makes sense. And I'm sure it's the same with the Grand Canyon. I had the exact same, that's what I was just yeah, thinking of. I had the exact same it. thing with the Grand Canyon is that, you know, seen a billion photos before, seen, you know. I've seen tons of photos of it and I mean, I'm like, it's just a fucking, it's I a don't canyon. Think it you, can't be that exciting. No, I don't. But I want to go see it because I'm sure it's different in person. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think from a photo you get the grand scale of it. I don't understand the grandness of the canyon. No, like, <laughs> no, seriously, it's so much Bigger than you can see in a photo. I feel that's sort of what I was feeling as well when I saw yeah. Mount Fuji. And I only saw it from the train as we went from Kyoto to Osaka. Yeah. So I don't, we weren't even that close to it. I mean, I've stood on the edge of the... But looking out <laughs> and seeing that in the landscape, it's like, wow. Yeah. So next time I go to Japan, I would like to get a bit closer to it. But yeah, I, I figure it would be the same if I ever eventually get to America. Yeah. Uh, it's... Yeah. Like I, I will say Canyon. like... I only went because I was, like, near there. Yeah. I didn't really have any real desire to go. It wasn't on, like, my bucket list or whatever of things I had to see. Yeah. I was just like, oh, we're in Vegas. Might as well go. Then I got there and I'm like, holy fuck, this is awesome. (laughs) Like, it's just not what I was expecting. I I feel a similar thing with Mount Fuji. I was like, it's in Japan. It's a big mountain. Yeah. Okay, whatever. And then I saw it. I was like, oh, I want to get closer now. (laughs) So, Mr. Paddock goes on, quote, The concept, there is the traditional owners would provide tours for paying climbers and have a safety harness system in place, just like the Sydney Harbour Bridge. This all sounds like it would be really damaging to the rock. Because you'd have to put up this permanent structure. Yep. And if you're worried about people just walking up it, being damaging to it, how the hell would putting in a whole harness system not be? you'll then have to remove later? Sorry? That you'd just have to remove later? Yeah, well, since apparently you're only doing it for two to three years, right? (laughs) Sure. Sure. But, like, this all just sounds like a really bad idea. Is anyone going to go for this? Like, And then he's wanting the people, like, the indigenous people there who find this thing sacred to offer guided tours up the rock. They don't fucking climb I was going to say, has has anyone agreed to this? We'll get to it. Okay. But that's... You know, it's not like asking Sherpas to help you climb up the mountain. It's, it would be like asking a priest to help you piss on the altar. It's really weird. I don't understand, like, why people find it so hard to grasp that it's important to them. So he goes on to mention that along with the Great Barrier Reef and the Sydney Opera House, there are three great attractions of Australia that you think of when you think of tourism in Australia. Sydney Opera House I found weird. Cause oh, no, that's a big one. I, I guess to us it's because we lived there for so long. It's just I mean, it's yeah, just like, it's not a big deal for me. I used to see it like every fucking day. Yeah. Didn't care. But, <laughs> but I had um, friends from who lived in the Shire growing up. And they didn't see it every day? No, we went over the Harbour Bridge once on a bus and they were really excited. And I was like, what the fuck? Seriously? I don't know. Us people who lived in Lane Cove probably don't never, give a shit. Yeah, I go over the bridge all the time. I don't care. But yeah. to them, oh. Yeah, I guess they come from the other way, so they would never actually go over the bridge. Weird, though. It's just a bridge. I know. <laughs> and when you're on it, it's not that spectacular. No, climbing, it's great. I've never climbed it, but like I when you're actually like, on, like going over the bridge in a vehicle, it's not that impressive. No. Um, definitely, <laughs> if you go to Sydney, though, do the Harbour Bridge climb. 
Uh, it's really easy. It's so expensive. And yeah. you're allowed to take your own photos. Huh? You're not allowed to take your own photos. No, but it is worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, the climb's not difficult. I found it a little bit hard being a tall person. There's a few little tight triangles you got to climb through mm-hmm. on the underside of the bridge. If you're a little squeamish with heights, maybe not the best idea because you do walk over the top in the middle of the bridge and it's a graded walkway so you can see straight down to the cars below you. Okay. Uh, and I climbed it in a rainstorm. It was great. Uh, but the actual climb, <laughs> once you get to the top, after you got a couple of ladders, it's just a really slow, gradual staircase. It's super easy. Okay. You're hooked in the whole time. Uh, and the group ahead of us was huge, so we just got to hang out on top of the bridge for a few hours. <laughs> great view. I did it at night. Yeah. Uh, so my response again to this was, look at what happened to the reef, the Great Barrier Reef, and we've left that to business and government. Well, I mean, it's dying, right? Yeah, it's fucked. It's, it's all bleached out. He goes on to mention that there were instantly 10,000 less people through the airport after the climb closed. I would like to also point out that COVID started not that long after that. There's more to it than that. I'll get into it in a bit. Okay. But it's also a good point, I think. Now, I, I mentioned why, I wonder why the general manager of the Alice Springs Airport would be so concerned about a downturn in traffic through his airport. Uh, it's not about kickstart. I don't think it's about kickstarting tourism. It, it sort of is. Oh, so you think this is more of a selfish thing that he's not making enough money? He, his airport's seeing a downturn in profits. Right. So he's trying to bring people in. It's not about boosting the tourism economy. It's about boosting people flow through Alice Springs Airport, in my opinion. So that he gets more profit. Probably. Because I looked it up. He's run this airport for like 35 years. I mean, I guess, you know, I get that he has a personal interest in It is the last airport in, in the middle of the country. Mm. And you've got Pine Gap, that big US. Like, a lot of traffic does go to the Alice Springs airport. Yeah. But, but are they paying customers there? Well, I think most people go through an airport to spend money. No, but you're talking about like Pine Gap and stuff. They don't pay to use the airport. Just military. Yeah, they pay. would. Oh, they, they do? Any okay. time a plane lands at any airport, they pay a fee. Right. Okay. Mm. Okay. Recently seen a job advertised at Pine Gap, so if you go for it, let me know if there's aliens. <laughs> you do have to move out to Alice Springs, though. You do, but, like, I need to know. So you mentioned how... You, you want to know how the Anangu people feel about this. Yeah. Enter Sammy Wilson. He's the chairman of the Uluru Katajuta Board of Management that in 2017 decided to close the climb. Uh, I'm really certain they were asking for it closed for years before yeah. that. Yeah, It's always so, been, like, an issue. They finally decided to close it in 2017, and it only actually officially closed in October last year, 2019. So it still mm-hmm. took another two years to happen. Yeah. That's government for you. Uh, essentially, he said to fuck off, no, you can't climb the rock. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> uh, and not only that, the board themselves have been working with the tourism business in the area to develop other attractions to see in the area beyond Uluru itself. I was going to say, I think I remember reading about this when they did close the climb Mm. but there were going to be other activities that you could do that involved the rock there isn't a lot out there it's a very small town and is isn't it there that they live like underground and stuff not quite that's cooper pd oh sorry cooper pd Uh, i want to go there actually just to see Mm. stay in an underground hotel maybe we should do a drive out to um uluru one day i'm gonna stay at cooper pd okay (laughs) one day in the (laughs) distant future so things they're looking at offering or already are offering from what it sounds like, uh, cultural workshops. Mm-hmm. So you can learn more about the peoples okay. who live out there, the That's two cool. groups and their history and maybe learn to understand why the rock is so sacred to them and why you shouldn't okay. fucking climb on it. I, I think that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> on top of that, they're offering free ranger guided walks around the park. Yeah. because Free! I'm... With a guy who's like lived out there his whole life. He's probably telling all this cool shit. Why are people complaining? Around the base and surrounding areas of the room. You'll have it in the background the whole time. It sounds 
pretty cool. Yeah. Lastly, in the last years of the climb, when they mentioned that we're closing it, then mm-hmm. those two years beforehand, they saw record numbers of people flocking to climb before it was closed. So this would have bumped up the numbers that right. averagely went through saying. the airport. So yeah. I don't think the downturn is as big as he's claiming. It's probably gone back to more what it was like a few years ago before they said we're closing it and it yeah. inflexibly rushed out. Has there been a downturn? Definitely, especially with coronavirus. Yes. But I would say it's probably returned to numbers from 2016, 2015. Right. Yeah. No, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Makes sense. That's it. Uh, thankfully, it doesn't sound like this is going to go ahead. I hope not. To Dave Baddock's credit, he is saying it's up to them. Yeah. Now, how hard is he going to push it? I'm sure there's still people in Australia who would support it being reopened besides Mr. Baddock. Oh, I'm, I'm positive. I feel the majority of people are fine that it's closed and would prefer it stays that way, especially the younger people. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I think that, you know, we do have an issue in Australia with an, like older generations having sort of that weird casual racism thing where they just kind of don't care. Um, but yeah, I think most people, most people who would be traveling probably would agree. Maybe not the Instagram influencers. Again, though. <laughs> They're not real people. A- a- again, no, but again, the, the view you're getting from the top of the rock, red dirt, yay, I guess. It would be impressive, but you'd also get it as you're coming into land at the airport. Right. And like looking at it. Is far more impressive. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just don't get it. Why don't a tower it you can climb next to it? Not next, not even close to it, so you can go up to the same height and survey the landscape. Yeah. I agree. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Far enough away that it's not going to impede any photographs or anything like that. But like, not close enough that people can throw shit onto the rock. That'd actually be cool if it overlooked the rock so you can get like an aerial view. Yeah, that'd have to be a big tower though. How tall's Uluru? I actually don't know the answer to that. <laughs> Holy crap. I mean, I know it's big. 348 meters high, which is about 1,200 feet. On the other side of this, even if you take away all of the spiritual significance it has for our indigenous people, don't you want to preserve it so that people can see it for like generations to come? There is already a worn out section of the rock. Where you That's can what see I mean. Like it will it. eventually erode. I mean, not to downplay the spiritual significance, because I do think that that's very important. But even if you take that away, it's still worth not climbing it. Yeah. Uluru is taller than the Eiffel Tower. Wow. Okay. I didn't realize it was that big. I didn't realize the Eiffel Tower was that big. The Eiffel Tower is 324 meters. Wow. Okay. So it's twice the height of the Sydney Harbour Bridge. Okay. Or three times the height of the Statue of Liberty. Okay. I don't think I realized that the bridge is that tall. (laughs) Yeah, the bridge is about 140 (laughs) Now that you're like comparing it. Okay. Still don't think you need to climb it. Doesn't really matter how big it is. No. For any English people out there, Big Ben is three meters higher than the Statue of Liberty. So it's about three Big Bens as well. Well, not really three Big Bens because that's the bell, but three of the Big Ben (laughs) clock towers. Okay. (laughs) There's this stupid meme image or like thumbnail from a YouTube video that's meant to capture your attention. And I think the video is titled something along the lines of what will happen when the Queen dies and the picture is... Big Ben exploding. <laughs> just instantly, as soon as Queen Elizabeth just finally passes away. Just no, like that's how you'll know that she's passed away. Because just Big Ben would just explode. <laughs> it's okay. Queenie's never dying. She has been around a while. She's immortal. Is that it? That's it. That's, oh, that's it? Got. Okay. Well, I'm glad that it sort of seems like it's not going to happen. Yeah. Because we shouldn't do that. Why not just have a tourism thing to promote people coming out to see it? Yeah. Why do you have to climb? It's too much fucking effort. <laughs> Let's go look at it. 
350. Even standing next to it, you'd be able to get a grasp <sighs> of how big it is. Do you want to climb 300 meters of steps? No. Because it wouldn't even be that easy, but it's the same height. Yeah, no. Look at that. No, no, no. I'll just go look at it. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Next story. Next story? Okay. I read this story and I'm like, I can relate, but not at the same time. Oh. This is a problem that I've experienced many, many times being a woman on the internet, but this is also not the reaction that I would have. Okay. This story is about a woman who received an unsolicited dick pic and was so furious that she did something pretty extreme about it. Are they ever solicited? Um, I think so. Are they ever solicited from strangers? No. Mm. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm sure that there are women out there who have asked for dick pics at some point. Probably not from complete strangers that they've never spoken to before, though. I would love to know the actual statistics on that. How often is an unsolicited dick pic received well? I wonder how many, because you hear about e-girls and that stuff all the time. People, you know, online sex workers, effectively, who sell pictures of themselves. Okay, and an e-girl is not a sex worker. I, I Let's make that distinction. Yeah, <laughs> but where, where, where's the, how, many, how many of those people are women? And where's the male equivalent? I, I wouldn't think the market would be anywhere near as big, but surely there's a market out there for women who want to buy loads of guys on the internet. Oh, yeah. Like, the thing is, I think that industry, there would definitely still be women because especially now when you have, like, OnlyFans and, like, cam girls and stuff like that, the whole point of them is not really, I mean, obviously guys want to see tits and stuff, but it's more about that you can connect with them. They're more obtainable. You can have a conversation with them. It's not as, you know, as impersonal as just buying photos from someone mm. or videos or whatever. I think the appeal there is the connection. Does that make sense? Yeah. There there would definitely be lonely women out there who would be craving the same thing. I think a lot of those guys, though, think, oh, here's my new girlfriend. I, I have to think that there'd be women out there who would think the same thing. Probably. I was actually watching a video today about how, like, celebrity has changed and how there's not as much a divide between normal people and celebrity anymore because you can contact them whenever you like. Hmm. Wasn't always that way. So now people have this, like, it's like a weird psychology thing where they truly think that they're, like, friends with these people, even though they're really not. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess it's kind of like a similar thing. It's just a sex worker instead of a celebrity. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, no, I definitely think there's a market, be the gender being the other way. I think the thing is that it's probably more popular for men because... Men horny. Yeah. Well, that, but also, I mean, not to say that women aren't, but also... Dudes want to see titties. Mm. Whereas, like, I think seeing a dick is a bit less of an event for a woman. Possibly because they just get sent them all the time if you're online. <gasps> for no no charge. How many have you been sent? I shudder to think. <laughs> Especially when I was on, like, dating apps and stuff back in the day. Like, so many. So many. <laughs> if you're a girl on a dating app, you know what I'm talking about. There are dicks flying at you left, right, and center. Virtually, I mean. Not literally. Um, or now. <laughs> But, like, you just have to be a woman online. Like, I am obviously in a relationship. I still get the occasional dick pic on Instagram. Maybe I should And I do nothing to invite him. And pretend to be a woman and see how long it takes me to get a dick pic. I had one not that long ago from someone who had DM'd me. And we were having a perfectly nice, normal conversation. And then all of a sudden, I get sent a video of him wanking. And then he's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. That was meant for someone else. Bullshit. I've had that happen so many times. It's not an accident. Who are you saying that to? 
Who else is requesting exactly. a video of you This wanking? is what I'm saying. <laughs> it's the modern day equivalent of flashing, which is illegal because no one wants it. Just stop doing it. <laughs> I just, I don't get it. If someone asks for it, you know what? Have at it. Send a million dick pics. I don't care. But if they haven't asked for it, if you've never spoken to a person before, the answer is not to send them a photo of your dick. Yeah. Yeah? Okay, yeah. cool. Like, <laughs> you shake hands, you don't wiggle dicks. I mean, that'd be a weird world if that was the way it The nice thing about believing in infinite alternative universes is there is a one out there where that's how we greet people. I'm glad I don't live you in know, that zip one. Zip your pants and <laughs> flop your dick around. Dear Lord. Okay, anyway. <laughs> Back to the original story. There was a story? Yeah. <laughs> it's happening well, again. We're just getting sidetracked. I know. I'm sorry. Uh, four people were arrested in relation to the incident I'm about to tell you about, which happened on May 3rd in Geelong. No, oh, Geelong. I mean, I've never been to Geelong, so I can't judge it. I don't know. I've been once. <laughs> you don't sound like enthused. <sighs> Dated. It's kind of like going back in time. You've you been to Wollongong? Yeah. Newcastle? Yeah. Yeah. I lived in Newcastle. I know. I feel like Geelong's probably a bit like that. You can tell it used to be booming back in the 60s, maybe. Mm. Hasn't really moved past that. Right, okay. Well, anyway. The group of four were at home when Danielle... You know what? Her last name is too hard. I'm just going to call it Danielle. Danielle Smith. <laughs> Danielle, who is 31, received an explicit message which included a dick pic and an invitation to hook up on the dating app Scout. I know I've been out of the loop when I have no fucking idea what Scout is. Never heard of it. Me either. Danielle accepted and arranged to meet the man at the Ocean Grove Hotel car park. However, she wasn't looking to hook up at all, and she bought people with her. Uh, So two of the men that she was with at her home came with her and hid until the scout user turned up. When he turned up, the other two men leaped out from their hiding places with a long-arm rifle and a garden stake. Okay. You can't do this. No, you can't do this. I mean, like, a dick pic is one thing, but then going out and meeting them with a rifle? Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't do that. You shouldn't have a story where I suddenly am on the side of the person who sent the nicest <laughs> dick pic. One of the men allegedly said to the scout user, do you like creeping out girls online? Do you? I'll fucking shoot you. Do you think I'm going to give a fuck? Which, like, <laughs> quality person, obviously. Mm. Um, once they had the scout user convinced that he was actually going to be shot, um, he was forced to lead them back to his house where they stole an iPhone and $10 in cash. Top people in Geelong. Yeah, I mean, obviously, an unsolicited dick pic is not a nice thing to receive, but this is a little extreme, or a lot extreme. All of this for a fucking iPhone and 10 bucks. The two men have since admitted to the robbery, but say they didn't use any weapons, which I say they're liars. (laughs) That's the whole story. God. Uh, Like I said, as a woman on the internet, I have received many a unsolicited dick pic before. Never once did I think of tricking them. Phone and ten bucks. No, never once had it occurred to me to trick them into meeting somewhere so that I could assault them. In fact, if someone has sent me an unsolicited dick pic, I want them to stay away from me as much as possible. I don't want to put us in the same vicinity. (laughs) I mean, that could have gone really wrong. Could have gone really wrong. Yeah. What if they did shoot him? Exactly. Or if he had a weapon on him, what if he was, like, intending to hurt her in some way? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, not saying that that is the case, but what if I'm just putting out, like, scenarios? Could have gone horribly wrong in so many ways. Idiots. All of them. My second story is also about dumb criminals. Excellent. Amorous newlyweds are interrupted by a would-be home invader and forced to chase him down the street in the nude. 
For <laughs> Crook makes bizarre requests when they catch him. Daily Mail always has... Like, the most clickbaity titles I've ever seen in my life. They're too long. They're not snappy. No, they're, they're not, not snappy they're at all. Not, if you want a good example of a great snappy headline, my third story, wait for it. <laughs> but, like, the thing with Daily Mail is that they tell you everything that happens in the story in the headline. Yeah. Like, no no surprises are left for you. Well, there's some surprises, at least. Oh, okay. Kylie Stevens, Daily Mail, Australia. Now, they said newlyweds, but in the article they mentioned they've been married for seven months. It's not newlywed anymore. It's been almost a year. Get over it. I mean, that's a bit harsh. It's just fuck, it's marriage. Most people do it. Okay. All right. It's outdated. It like, is an outdated thing. I mean, I... just makes it messy when the I have complicated happens. feelings. I think, I think that if you love someone and you want to show that in a very legal way, I think that's kind of nice. I mean, it's just, it's just about expressing the fact that you want to stay with them forever, right? That's what it's meant to be about anyway. Nah, my parents got divorced and so will yours. That's my old teenage self. Wow. Okay. <laughs> That's not always the case, but sure whatever. Most every marriage I've heard of got divorced in the end. I think that's really reflected on my stance that pretty much everyone I know who ever got married ended up divorced. So. My grandparents stayed together until my grandfather died. Exception that proves the rule. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyhow, we're not here to discuss my opinions on marriage. Okay. We're here to discuss these amorous newlyweds. Our story begins in the bedroom where our heroes, Jim Rice and Sandra Scott, are together, naked, likely upon their bed, smacking their bits together. Most of this is my own writing, because... It sounds like it. (laughs) Suddenly, Sandra hears a noise from the kitchen. She believes it's just the dogs, but decides to stop the sex to investigate. (laughs) Decides to stop the sex? I can so tell that this is you. (laughs) Sandra was shocked when she saw, quote, a rather big bloke as he runs down the side of their house, having just nicked the car keys. Uh, nicked is another term was stolen. Yes. Sandra runs to the bedroom to get Jim, and they both run naked from their home into the driveway to stop the thief. Neighbours reportedly watch the commotion unfold. <laughs> Could you imagine? I don't know that? how true that is because it's locked down. What are your neighbours doing outside? But who knows? They could be sticky beating out their window. It, it, you'd probably, because you'd hear shouting and screaming, poke your head out exactly. the window. Exactly. It did take less in Queensland. Maybe they go outside more because it's not fucking freezing. <laughs> oh no, if I heard screaming, I would definitely be looking out my window. Yeah, fair, I do too. I opened the door and discovered a rather big bloke was in the driver's seat, Jim says. They began screaming at the man, demanding him to get out of the car. The thief said, shh. Momentarily, Jim and Sandra obeyed. This is weird. <laughs> Quickly they realised, why are we listening to this guy? And both began screaming at him again. Okay. But they're yelling at him and he's like, shh. And they stopped. You know, it's, it's <laughs> weird, but you probably wouldn't even like think about it. You're just like, no. oh, yeah, okay. They clearly weren't thinking about it a lot as they go to later. To which the car thief finally replied, Ah, oh, c- can I have a lift? The couple declined. Yeah, I don't blame them. <laughs> Is that why you're still in the car? You just want a lift? <laughs> no. Oh, yeah, sure. We'll just give you a lift to the train station. So they go on to say they'd not intended to leave the home naked, but in the panic and rush decided that putting on clothes would cost them their car. Yeah, probably. I don't know how quickly they thought that out. They're probably just like, my car's being stolen. I better yeah. go naked. I get it. Uh, they did manage to stop the man and get him out of the vehicle in the end, and he insisted he had not stolen anything else. Had he? I don't know. The article doesn't mention it. Well, then I'd say he didn't. He stole from them any privacy from their neighbours. Dignity. <laughs> Do you think Jim was still like at half mast or something? Jim? Oh my god, of course you would think of that. Do you think he ran out there like just rock hard? From I No, I would say that the panic of someone, a stranger being in your house would be enough to, you know, 
maybe shrivel that straight away. Have excited Jim. Maybe he threatened him with it. Maybe that's, I mean, that's they a kept, move. Maybe that's the rather big bloke they kept talking about. I mean, about. that's an alpha move if I've ever heard it. You know that all the middle finger and all the other versions effectively of that from around the world, because some places have like this hand motion where you just thrust your whole arm out at someone, mm-hmm. and they all mean the same thing. It all stems from effectively trying to represent an erect penis, according I to... I don't think the middle finger comes from that. According to people who study like animal behaviors, that's effectively what it is. I always thought that like it started with the two. Now that's a different thing though. That's different to the middle finger. But it, it originated from the two and then it went down to one eventually, but that was from an archery thing? Yeah, that's from the English longbowmen showing the French that they've still got their two fingers so they can still pull the bow. So then when the French would capture them, they'd only cut off the two fingers and send them back because then you've got a useless man you got to look after and you've got to use someone else to look after them. So you take out more people and you don't actually kill anyone. Right, okay. Mm. <laughs> as far as I'm aware, because I believed what I heard, middle finger is interpretively showing your, an erection to someone as a form of aggression. I mean, I'd be scared if someone tried to aggressively If you broke into someone's house at penis. night and a naked man ran at you with a throbbing erection, you'd probably leave. Mm-hmm. Definitely. (laughs) That brings me to the end of my second story. (laughs) What an ending it was. Got another real short one for you. (laughs) (laughs) Jim, we're not talking about you. It's okay. Um, (laughs) However, this has nothing to do with penises. Boring. Sorry. Queensland police had to deal with a really odd circumstance this week. This one's weird. I'm I'm going to tell you right now. Okay. That I'm going to leave you with more questions than answers. Let's just say that. They attended a crime scene after a body wrapped in a blanket on a trail off the Bruce Highway was reported. Now, I didn't really say where on the Bruce Highway because I looked it up and it goes from Brisbane to Cairns. So it could literally be anywhere between there. It's only a short two-day drive. Yeah. Something ridiculous. Um, (laughs) When they arrived and actually investigated, what they found was a lifelike replica doll of a human. A sex doll. Yeah. One of those real (laughs) women dolls. Yeah. I mean, I guess if, you know, it's just you're passing and you see it wrapped in a blanket, you probably wouldn't think it's a body. They do look pretty lifelike yeah. now. They're not those hideous. I never understood blow-up dolls. Who seriously fucked that? Creepy, weird-looking things. Sure someone sure someone still does. They got better ones now. They look way more lifelike or, you know, just go to a prostitute. But, I mean, I don't know. The lifelike ones are kind of creep me out anyway because they stare blankly. Like, uh, it's in not that little good. uncanny valley section. Put a bag over its head. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I've got a statement from the Queensland police. An investigation into reports of a body found earlier this morning was concluded. Police were called to reports of a body wrapped in a blanket on a trail off the Bruce Highway. Forensic officers commenced investigations and have concluded the body is a lifelike replica doll of a human. The crime scene has been disbanded. <laughs> However, a source told the Courier was Mail... the DNA on the body? Ew. Gross. <laughs> um, probably was. A source told the Korean Mail that the body was a sex doll and not a cheap one either. Yeah, those things aren't. With animal brains or blood around it. Okay. Which I'm like, something's going on there. Did this guy's waifu upset him so he went and blood sacrificed her in the outback? I mean, it was clearly a doll, but the only thing I could think of is like, maybe they're filming like a horror movie or something? No, so Jay, they didn't want it anymore, so they just dumped it? I don't know. I mean, it sounds fucked up. In any case, no further investigation is being undertaken by Queensland police. Well, it doesn't sound like a crime took place beyond maybe illegal No, bumping. but I mean, like, it's still fucking weird. It's weird. Yeah, I just, I don't, well, how would they be using animal brains and blood with it? I don't know, it's fucking weird. 
My last story also involves animals. <laughs> I hope not like that. <laughs> and police. Okay. But this time the animals are helping to fight crime. Okay, alright, cool. What the flock? Sheep stop fugitives. <laughs> Great headline. <laughs> Fucking nailed it. Uh, this is from an NZ Herald article from way back on the 282, mm-hmm. 22nd of January, 2016. Wow, that's a few years. And I just verbatim had to copy the first line of this article as well because it's fantastic. <laughs> they were on the lamb and it took a flock of sheep to stop. Oh my God. With the puns. Whoever wrote this article is having a lot of fun. <laughs> 8 a.m. just east of Alexandria, central Otago, New Zealand. Central Otago is just the middle bit down the South Island between all the really exciting parts. <laughs> so not really much happens there. So this would have been pretty exciting is what you're I saying. Suppose. Probably the most action these police have ever had to deal with. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, beautiful part of the country. It's not much there. And next to it, on the outside, you've got Queenstown and Invercargill and Dunedin and other major settlements and things. And then this is just in the middle. But okay. Great scenery. Police begin pursuit of a car they spotted travelling at speed and without license plates. The vehicle speeds up alongside the river and through the town of Cromwell before tearing along the Kawarau Gorge. Tells me a long time since I was back in New Zealand. And into the Arrowtown area. I love Arrowtown. If you're ever in New Zealand, in the South Island, go in autumn. And you're going to go to Queenstown. Stay at Arrowtown. It's only a half an hour drive out. And it is beautiful, especially in autumn. Okay. Lovely little town. Love it. Despite road spikes displating one of the tyres, the fugitives managed to stay ahead of the police. The car is approaching Queenstown now, glorious tourism mecca of the South Island, and where a cousin of mine of some description lived in a weird cement eagle house. <laughs> or maybe that was elsewhere that would make more sense, since I think I've only been to Queenstown once, but we did see Currents and Jared there once. A rare sighting. No one ever sees Currents and Jared. Okay. <laughs> My cousin Jared worked, still worked in ski fields. Right. Okay. Um, he moves a lot and he's not in one place for too long, so that's why no one ever really sees him. Right. Okay. Makes more sense now with context. Yeah. <laughs> Our crims come to a screeching stop. A flock of sheep blocks the road. <laughs> Perhaps the gentle baaing of the sheep now sounds like laughter to these fools. Oh my God. Who knows? The police have them. It's all over. <laughs> and there's a photo in the article, if you'd like to look at it, in our links provided in the description or whatever. And yes. it's like three or four police cars their car and a herd of sheep just covering the road it looks like a bad action movie chase oh really (laughs) i've never seen black sheep but it probably wouldn't have got a place in that movie that's a new zealand zombie movie about killer sheep i think i've heard of it i've not seen it i've never seen it maybe you should watch it Uh, actually i was gonna try and show you another classic new zealand film four or flats yes my yeah, favorite movie as a kid. I really like the comics, but I've never seen the movies. Yeah, uh, same. Like when I was a kid, I had all the comics. I loved it. Was so excited when the movie came out. And I mean, I haven't I seen it in a few years, Slice but I remember it being good. Is yeah. the theme song to it? I it know is. that song. So. Yeah. Um, so one day we should watch it. I'll be down for that. So, who do you think was in the car? Is it going to be someone really unlikely? More than just someone. Four people in this vehicle. Jesus Christ. Okay, tell me. Two males, ages 19 and 23. Okay. They are arrested for reckless driving, failure to stop for flashing lights, three thefts in relation to petrol drive-offs, and unlawful taking of a motor vehicle. They had a day. They had a day. This is 8 a.m., so I think they're Oh, no my one, God. Okay, they had a night. <laughs> they're known to police from the sounds of it. Right. And then a male and a female, the other two occupants. They're also charged with three thefts in relation to petrol drive-offs, so I'm assuming getting fuel and not paying for it. Yeah. Leaving, and unlawfully taking a motor vehicle. How old do you think they were? Are they going to be, like, way older or way younger? They were 14. 
Holy fuck. Okay. Mm. Who were their parents? don't know. Um, but like I said, not a lot to do in Central Otago. I guess. They really are just probably bored teenagers. Also, interestingly, I looked up Central Otago. And you think middle of the nowhere, rural areas, over 50% of the population there doesn't identify as religious in any way. Interesting. Weird. I know. Yeah. Also, Central Otago, I think, or just on the border of it, is uh, where Sam Neill has his wine farm and lives with his pig. Of course you would know this. <laughs> yes. If you're on Twitter, and you really should be. Uh, he does have an excellent Twitter account. Follow Two Paddocks, Two Fields, Two Paddocks, which is also the name of his wine company. Okay. It's just Sam Neill living out on his farm. It's pleasant videos. Yeah. He's got a lovely pig, a nice duck, and then he's just got a great voice and talks about wine half the time. It's <laughs> it's a good time. He does all actually sell it here. I mean to try and find a bottle of it in Australia. Surely it would be. It, it does. Yeah, two paddocks wine. So that's yeah, your wreck for the week. What the wine? Yeah, you just want to support Sam Neill and his pig. I I do, and I want to try his wine. So oh, Dan Murphy's might stock it. I was going to say Dan Murphy's has everything. 20 bucks. Two paddocks. Picnic. Pinot Noir. Unavailable for delivery. Unavailable in store. Well, I mean, you got to remember, it's kind of hard to get stuff at the moment. Yeah, true. Because I only learnt recently that most cargo is on passenger flights. Yep. Did not know that. I honestly thought it was like specific cargo planes. No, you just fill up the rest of the empty planes with cargo. Yeah, I, I didn't know that. So that, that was interesting to me that that's the reason why it's hard to get stuff that you a lot from of the overseas small at the packages moment. would have gone on those on those planes because yeah. it's just, oh, we've got space, we can take it. So they offer it cheaper than, say, like a FedEx yeah, yeah. airplane does. So, yeah, that is part of the reason. I think my dad's been on a flight or two, mostly in China, where he's been sitting in like business class. Mm. And they come and put a stack of boxes on the seat next to him, and that's who we sit next to for the flight. I mean, Sounds probably better me. than like an actual person. <laughs> You're already in business class, so why don't I have a private wall? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I didn't realize that. And obviously because there's not a lot of passenger flights happening in the world at the moment, no cargo. Didn't realize well, that. Not no cargo, but a lot less. Less cargo capacity and yeah. less affordable cargo capacity. Yeah. Um, TNT, FedEx, who own old 747s that they converted. Mm. <sighs> it's a shame they get rid of those planes. I like the 747. It's a good looking plane. I believe you. A380 looks like shit. Still want to go on one though. Ugly plane though. <laughs> No, 787. I have no idea what kind of planes I've been on. A380 is the big double-decker one from Airbus. I don't think I've ever been on a double-decker. Neither have I. 747 is your classic, iconic jumbo jet with four engines, two on each wing, and like a small little second floor. Mm -hmm. And then pretty much most other jet planes, to most people, look identical. There might be an Avnerd sitting there right now screaming. (laughs) But you know it's true. The differences between them at a glance are negligible. Mm. Uh, and the 787, which is a very nice plane. Looks good because its wings bend in flight. Okay. So it just looks really good when it's flying because the wings are curved up. Kind of looks like it's flapping. <laughs> if your 787 does start flapping its wings, though, however, I'm sorry, you are in a big bad, spot of trouble. Bad situation. Mm, okay. <laughs> but that brings us to the end of episode 282. Wow. Okay. Well, yeah. Short episode this week. Um, probably past due for a short one anyway. Play us the outro, Billy. Who's Billy? I'm Billy. Okay. If you'd like to submit stories that you'd like us to cover on the podcast, give us some feedback or anything else at all, really, you can email us at fmedeadpodcast at gmail.com. I say again, that is fmedeadpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at fuckmedeadpod to keep up to date when we release episodes. Wednesday mornings, 5am roughly, Australian Eastern Standard yep. Time. That's GMT plus 11. 
Well, plus 10 at the moment because it's not daylight savings. <laughs> um, or stories that don't make the cut and general shit posting. Yeah. I shared a picture today of former New Zealand Prime Minister John Key in a very relatable scenario in which he received a call from Barack Obama when he was re-elected, but he didn't answer the phone because he didn't recognize the phone number. <laughs> you imagine like reverse Google searching that number and say, President Barack Obama? Like, oh, <laughs> well, it probably wouldn't say that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you, you imagine if he picked up the phone and said, fuck off, you scab call. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I don't think John Key would do that. You never know. No, I don't think he would. <laughs> Slight aside, I was looking at the history of... New Zealand Prime Ministers recently, for some reason. I can't remember why. And we've had some really... Well, you think you guys go through some Prime Ministers. <laughs> we've had people serve literally a week. Wow. Okay. Now, that was like an intervening thing. Mm. But we've had proper Prime Ministers 64 days, 30 days. <laughs> One guy was in charge for like two weeks. And then two years later, he came back and served for seven years. Weird. This is more in the early days as well, but mm. wild it's really settled down in the past 30 years. But now, there was, a, there was and, before Helen Clark, the guy before her, he served like 60 days. That was only back in the 90s. Weird. Yeah. I, I feel like, well, in my lifetime, prime ministers were pretty stable up until, you know, K-Rod. Yeah. Crud. Kevin 07, seriously. Just, just tip your marketing manager again, because honestly, it's probably why I voted for you. <laughs> <laughs> There's a greasy moose or greasy tail, sexual lobster, whatever you want to call them, <laughs> video, and it starts with the line. It's a visual of an elephant, and like the elephant's fucked up. It's got like all these deformities and shit. And then it blows up, and it cuts to the scientist who created it and his son. And he's just like, don't worry, son. Elephants come and elephants go. And then goes on to talk about how the next one will be, have more appendages, more things, more pachydermal lust. And I just like to think of that line in relation to Australian Prime Ministers now. <laughs> Don't worry, kids. Prime Ministers come and Prime Ministers oh, go. They really do. The next one will be more ridiculous, more obscene, more climate-hating, lust. Coal-loving weirdos. Yeah. All right, good night. <laughs> oh, I didn't finish the outro. No, you didn't. <laughs> All this information will be in the episode notes, as always, and you can always find it in our website or on our website. Probably don't go. Oh, was that a typo? Website. Was it? Find it on our website. It's just me misreading things. Oh, okay. I do that. It's kind of bad. <laughs> our website, aptly titled fuckmedeadpodcast.com, uh, has a list of ways you can listen to us. We're on everything. Yep. As always, please tell your friends. Subscribe if you have the time. Leave us a review. Yeah, we, we like it when people do that. Fuck that like button. Why are you like this? Hit the bell. It's not YouTube. You do this all the time. Slap that out of a. Cation sausage. Oh my god. <laughs> I sh- should I try some clickbaity type like episode names? Oh, you want to try like clickbait? Yeah. I'll see if it gets us more views. <laughs> Mainly because I hate it and I want to make fun of it, but then I'll become it. Oh no. You you come up with the titles, so gotta make a decision. Episode twenty two. You won't believe the amount of dicks. No. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> Episode 22, you won't believe the amount of dicks. <laughs> we did talk about dicks a lot. I should edit it then to cut out all mentions of penis. <laughs> oh, God. And this is where we'll leave you. Yes, it is. Um, I hope you've you. enjoyed episode 22. Yes. Thank you won't you believe for listening. the amount of dicks. Oh, my God. Um, 
Thank you for listening. We appreciate you sitting through the amount of the word dick that we said. And um, we'll see you at the same time next week. Goodbye. Bye.